Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast. So the valley of the shadow of death is a fearful place because all the fiery darts of the enemy are all aimed toward your weakness. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. The Force of Peace, Part 7. Remember, when the Lord has us in a long series, he's either trying to get something to you or preparing you for something because he knows that something traumatic is about to happen and uh, something that can make you lose your cool, something that can make you lose your mind. And he's trying to prepare you for it before it happens. Amen. Amen. So for the past seven weeks or so, we've been talking and ministering and hearing the voice of God as it relates to peace, how to have peace. Amen. Amen. Isn't that so? All right. Philippians four, seven. Philippians 4, 7 says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God, will, which passes all understanding, shall keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. One of the things that we mentioned that uh, when we go through different crises in life, different hard times, different periods of roughness, uh, it is an attack on your mind. If the enemy can get your mind to shut down, if he can get you to go bonkers, cuckoo, if he can get you to lose it, to, to lose your nerve, you know, he can really defeat you and destroy you. If he can take your peace, if he can destroy your peace, he can destroy you. Amen. Amen. And as we said several weeks ago, uh, as the Lord word of the Lord came through Minister Steg Minister Stegall a few weeks ago, or maybe last month, uh, the word said uh, there that you can't stay down here without peace. You can't stay down here without peace. You're going to have to have peace. Let's go also, and uh, you can turn to it or just listen. Uh, Colossians, the third chapter, verse 15 says, Colossians 3, verse 15, and it says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be thankful. We've got to let or allow the peace of God to rule in us. And we also looked at, at uh, uh, Isaiah 26, Isaiah 26, verse number three. And it said, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Amen. Amen. Remember, we're going to go through these three scriptures. These are our, our foundational scriptures. And we're going to go through them every single week until the Lord uh, moves us on. Amen. We last stopped on Psalm 23, Psalm 23. Some of you may remember that. How many of you remember that? Amen. Stopped at Psalm 23, and we're going to go right back there today. So go ahead and turn your Bibles uh, to Psalm 23. And uh, we'll go ahead and uh, some of you, I'm sure, can quote it by heart. Um, but I'm going to read it. I'd like to read it as well. So when you get that, uh, just say amen. amen. Psalm 23. And uh, it reads as thus, it reads as, uh, reads this way out of the King James Version. And it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. 
He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. All right. Now, we went the last time, I believe in part six, we uh, went over the major view of, of um, Psalm 23. And uh, we were really anxious to get in verse number four. We're going to get in verse number four today. Thank God Almighty. I'm really excited uh, to get into verse four with you. Now, if we if we today would allow the father to, he can change your life. He can change your modality, so to speak. He can change your behavior. Uh, and one of the biggest things as it relates to being a Christian today is uh, how we behave before or around other people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Either we're going to be um, uh, have a good example before people, a good witness before people, or where they look at you like the RCA dog, who, and say, "You are what? You are Christian? You are with Jesus? Huh?" Some say, "Well, if you're a Christian, then the woods are full of them." Okay. You hearing what I'm saying? So that should not be uh, the a that shouldn't be a blemish on us. Uh, our our behavior should not be a blemish. Uh, now we're not walking around on eggshells to please people, amen. amen. We're living our lives to please God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now you're not going to please all the people all the time. Amen. And matter of fact, don't even set your sets set your sights on pleasing people because you're not going to be able to do that. Hallelujah. If Jesus couldn't do it, there's no way in the world you're going to do it. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus himself was goodness personified. Talk about a good man. You couldn't be good. You couldn't be gooder than Jesus. If you excuse my expression. Hallelujah. He was filled with God. Talk about a praying man. Talk about a man that knew the word of God. Talk about a man who flew, who was uh, flowing in the anointing, giftings, and callings, and all of that on him. And still folk talked about him. Still they lied on him. Still they did. So please don't get it wrapped up in your head that, uh, that you know, people are doing this uh, for me. I'm, I'm doing all I can to please the Lord. And why are they talking about me? If they're talking about the master, you're no greater than the master. They're going to talk about you too. So this is a part of the territory. As a matter of fact, if people are not talking about you, if they are not coming against you, you're probably on the devil's side. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The devil loves his own. The Bible declares the world loves his own. If you were of the world, the world would love you. But Jesus said, you're not of the world. I've called you out of the world. And so the world is going to despise you. Hallelujah. Turn to name and tell them you got to get some thick skin. Hallelujah. On this side. 
people end up on the cross. I can't get a lot of talking here. So if we would allow the Lord, he's going to change us and transform us. And uh, I heard this so morning, I heard this this morning so clearly, so clearly, so clearly. And I'm going to say it to you this morning. If you think that the preacher is talking about you, you're right. You are right. See, the problem comes in when you think that the preacher is not talking about you. When you say that word is for them, he's not talking to me. That word is for them. That word is for them. No, the word of God is for you. God's sending the word to heal you and to deliver you and to set you free. Can somebody say praise the Lord? The day when you think that it's always for somebody else and never for you and God is never talking to you. That's a bad place. Say God's speaking to me today. I'm telling you he is. So in verse number four, here comes some marvelous deliverance. Verse four says again, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. All right, we're going to stay right there just for a moment. It says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, we're going to pick this out and really just glean in and get in the word of God, Okay. Now, we know that the valley here is a depressed or is a uh, is a uh, place that has a lower elevation, a valley. It is um, it is an area that is lower, a down area, depressed area. And uh, and obviously, when we get depressed, we go down. There's no such thing as a happy, depressed person. You are down. OK, valley talks about once you just get a mental picture valley talks about down going down you're going down into something now valley it says valley of the shadow shadow darkness so right away we get a picture of a down of a deep area covered with shadows or covered with darkness now it is impossible to have a shadow without having a source of light you are hearing it is impossible to have a shadow without having light so that tells us right away that even though we're in a dark depressive state God is there there's just something that's standing in front of him I pray you're hearing this if I had a flashlight and I'm shining it straight at you, straight at you, straight at you, but there is something standing in between the light and uh, the, the flashlight and you. There's something standing between the two of you, between the, the if this was a flashlight here and I'm and you're standing over there and I'm shining the flashlight and uh, um, the flashlight is not able to penetrate because there's some solid thing there. And it casts a shadow over there somewhere. So there's something that is hindering the light from reaching you. And you don't get the light. You're getting a shadow. There's something standing in the way of the glory of God over your life for a season. Now the Bible declares, yea, though I walk through. 
Walking talks about a forward, mo- a forward um, movement, motion. You're not meant to stay there. You're only meant to walk through there. Meaning that this trial, this temptation, this testing period, because that's what this is all about. This trial, this testing period uh, that has an entrance and it has an exit. You're walking through. You don't say you're walking through a building if there's no exit. Are you hearing? So if there is a way to get in, there is a way to get out. Walking through means that this is not a permanent place. It is not a dwelling place. You're not even meant to sit down and rest on a tree or stump or rock. You're meant to just go on through this time. Keep on moving and eventually you will make it through. Hallelujah. Now, walking through, let's talk about, let's say if we're walking through, um, walking through the woods, so to speak. Let's say that we're walking through the woods. Now, it's up to you how long you stay in the woods. If you freak out in the middle of it and stop walking, you're going to be there a whole lot longer. The timing and the speed is up to you. Hallelujah. The Bible does not say the shepherdeth taketh my right footeth and he put his one if down in front of the other if and he makes my feet to go faster on this trail. No, you the one walking and you can prolong. Are you with me? You can prolong your time in the valley if you want to. Oh, we can just go ahead and walk on through it. Somebody say praise the Lord. I'm giving you just some very practical wisdom about this before we go even deeper. All right. Now, so you, you, um, it's up to you how long you're going to remain in this valley experience. Now, there must be movement. And as long as you are moving through this valley experience, you're going to eventually come out. But if you stop, freak out and and talk about how dark it is and and how all these things are are happening and and all this. If you stop right there, because that's exactly what the devil wants you to do is to stop in the middle of it and start complaining. Because when you start complaining, you will no longer go forward. Just talk to the people in the, the children of Israel as they walked in the desert for 40 years, complaining, complaining, complaining. There was movement, but they didn't get anywhere. Your complaints will hold you right there in that one spot in the valley. Your complaints, mealy mouth and belly aching, talking about this person or talking about that person. All that stuff does, it just frees you right in that one place and you will stay in the valley. Are you hearing me? Now, let me fast forward just a little bit because God gives us binoculars. Because outside of this valley experience, there is something on the other side of it. There's something that we're going to. Remember, the Bible says that he leads us in the paths of righteousness. Why? For his name's sake. It is a shepherd that has led us to this valley experience. And it's a shepherd that will lead us out of this valley experience. Are you hearing me? As we said on last time, God does not lead us into every bad situation because some bad stuff we get our own selves into. We signed the contract. We said, yes, we got involved and we knew uh, that we, we had a feeling that we shouldn't have done it, but we did it anyway. God didn't bring us to that, but he can lead you out of that. Amen. 
But then there are certain times, certain times in history and destiny in your life that God will lead you to a place and he's leading you through that place because there's something better for you that you have to get on the other side. Now we can take our binoculars, our binoculars, go ahead and do this for me, go ahead and do this. We're going to look, take our binoculars. There we go. And we're going to look through to the other side. Y'all look mighty crazy doing that, but we're going to look through to the other side because there's a hole at the end of the valley. Okay. Let's look at, let's look at and see what happens at the other end of this. This is the reason that we're going through this thing because God wants to get this to you. In verse number five, it says, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. So the first thing that we're going to see uh, on the other side of the valley is that God will vindicate you. That's what this talks about, vindication, where everybody's been talking about you, talking you down or saying you can't do this or you can't do that. Or, or the enemy has just been hurling lies and, and accusations and criticisms, and he's been playing on your weaknesses. We're going to look at this in a minute. The enemy has been playing on your weaknesses and really trying to pull you under and down by playing with your weaknesses. That's way he's going that's way he's going to attack you is through your weaknesses, through your weak areas, telling you you're nobody, you're nothing. You never get more than five people in the church, you know whatever. You'll never have another paying high paying job. Your marriage will never get better. You'll never get better physically. All these all these accusations are being hurled at you while you're in the valley. But on the other side of the valley, God said, when you come out of it, I will vindicate you. And everybody that said that mess about you will see that their words were lying and that God has favored you. God said, I will vindicate you during that time. Hallelujah. In other words, he will reward you openly. Hallelujah. He says, I'll prepare a table for your enemies. He is saying, I will reward you openly. Now, this time has going to be that time is, it is about you, but it's not really about us because there are several cases, several cases in Scripture, uh, especially there in, uh, in the Gospels where the Lord gives a, a parable about um, uh, him, the Lord or the master going away and uh, he's leaving his servants there. And the people rose up and say, well, we won't have this man to rule over us and all this stuff. Then when the master comes back, the king says, uh, bring those people that wouldn't have any rule over them. Bring them here and slay them before me. There is a point of vindication that God will give you. It's about you, but it's not about you, really. It's about them, but it's not about them. It's just really justice that God is working out. They have to see you in your high and lofty position. Are you with me? So the first thing we see as we come out of this valley, that God will vindicate you. Vengeance belongs to him. That's why we don't, we don't sink vengeance. Vengeance belongs to him. He will vindicate you. Say, he will vindicate me. The second thing we see here uh, is that he will anoint your head with oil. That's a fresh anointing. That's a greater anointing of power, of resources. Remember, anointing is the ability to do. 
It is not just goosebumps. Woo, I feel the anointing. It's not a jiggle and a shake because a jiggle and a shake won't help me at the gas pump. It won't help me pay my light bill. The anointing of God is the power to get the job done. It's the ability to do what God called you to do. He will empower you and strengthen you. If you want to look, think about it like anything, think about it as a, a Popeye uh, eating this spinach. That's the anointing that comes upon you, the ability to do whatever God has called you to do. So if you're a singer and you sing when the anointing of God comes, pow, the power of God is there to deliver and heal the people. Praise the Lord. If you're a writer, the anointing of God comes, wow, and you're writing, uh, you're writing words of wisdom and encouragement that, that transcends men's understandings and people get healed, delivered, and set free. You know what? Whatever God has called you to do, when the anointing comes, it's the power of God upon you for change so we first of all see that God said I'll vindicate you I'll set you up on high in front of your enemies in other words I'll make your enemies your footstool they'll see you in your high position secondly I'm going to give you a new and a fresh anointing the fresh power of God will come upon your life hallelujah thirdly let's give Lord a hand of praise I'm telling you that's good thirdly Lord says he said, uh, my cup runs over. That's prosperity. That's prosperity because oftentimes in the valley, we begin to lose things. We begin to lose things. If it's, if it's friendships, if it's finances, if it's possessions, we begin to lose things down in the valley experience because not everybody can handle the valley. Hallelujah. It's like going through a fire, going through a furnace. Not everybody can handle that experience. It's like going through a purging process. You're going to lose something. Some relationships are going to go by the side and, and you're going to begin to see who people really are. You say, well, I didn't know they were like that. I didn't know they would say that. I didn't know that they would lie like that until they got into the valley experience. Now, hear me. Hear me, saints of God. Hear me. Some people will leave your company, not because of you, but because of the anointing that you carry. Hear me, because of the anointing that you carry, some won't be able to endure the hardness because of the anointing. Consider uh, the book of Acts. I believe Acts is seventh chapter. Uh, when Paul and Silas, maybe it was 14. When Paul and Silas, they were preaching and a young damsel, a soothsayer, she would come uh, to their meetings and, and uh, the Bible says that she vexed Paul, uh, Paul and Silas, but she, the Bible says in particular that she vexed Paul and uh, she followed them many days, many days, and finally Paul couldn't take it anymore. And Paul said, in the name of Jesus Christ come out of her and that spirit came out of her well then the next moment you find out that Paul and Silas were thrown in jail Paul and Silas were beaten Paul and Silas were in stocks Paul inside now Silas didn't say anything Paul said come out of her Paul said it, but Silas was suffering because of the anointing um, that was on Paul's life. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So when you, if you travel, if you look at the disciples, was Jesus anointed? Of course he was. And what happened to the disciples? Of course, they're all dead now. Years later, Peter hung upside down. 
John was boiled in oil but still refused to die. Many were drawn and quartered. You know what drawn and quartered is, right? You tie a rope on this hand, tie a rope on that hand, tie a rope around that foot and rope around that foot. And the other end of the rope goes on horses, four different horses. And then they hit the horse's backside. Pow! And then the horses run and you get ripped apart. Some Christians were thrown to the lions because of the anointing that's on Christ. So when you're around a ministry or person or something that is anointed, you better be praying. Because that's a target. Hallelujah. But because Paul and Silas, they were together and, and, and uh, they both saw, even though Silas did not say he didn't do, but he was there because of the anointing, locked in prison. And at midnight, they both prayed and they sang praises unto God and they both were set free and they both received the glory and saw the promise, the presence of God. They both received the miracle. Hallelujah. And both of their names go down in history. Hallelujah. As the first jailbreak, hallelujah, it wasn't by Elvis Presley. God said that a long time ago. Jail praise, the, the jailhouse rock came from God. Are you with me? He shook the prison up and everybody went free. Hallelujah. I'm telling you. So he will, God will give you at the end of we can see with our binoculars, our cups run over. That's more than enough. That's whatever you lost there at the valley, God giving you a whole lot more of it. It won't be those same ones that burned off. He gives you new and different ones. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's talk just briefly, just for the next 10 minutes or so. Let's talk a little bit about that valley experience because many of us are going through that valley experience and things are burning off and, and it's a very depressing uh, type area. And the Bible says that we are laboring. It says here, yea, though I walk through, walk through the valley of the shadow. Now, understand something. A shadow is not the real thing. A shadow uh, can be intimidating in its shape and size, but it has no real substance. Understand something. This is a valley of shadows. A valley of shadows. A shadow is like a, a it's like an audible whisper, someone whispering to you. It's not the real thing. It just has the shape of it. In other words, people say to you again, uh, you're going to fail. This is not going to happen. This is a whisper that you're hearing. It's, it's a whisper. It hasn't happened and there are no signs of it happening, but you're hearing this thing. These are shadows. The enemy is trying to, uh, if you will, if we had a big light source here, and if I'm making a, a dinosaur, you know, on the wall there, it's not a real dinosaur. Don't run away. It's just a shadow. But so many of us are intimidated by the shadow, and we have not even seen the real thing. We just get intimidated and want to run off because of the shadow, because of what might happen. Hallelujah words are like shadows people can talk about you talk about you talk about you they can even threaten you but they are shadows nobody's held a knife up to your throat at least i hope not nobody's done all nobody's put their hand on you but their words are as shadows and it can intimidate many to cause them to run off now understand something when we go into a valley experience 
The devil means it to bring out the worst in you. But God will allow it, you'll see, at times to get the best to you. Let me say that again. When you go through a valley experience, the devil wants to use it to bring out the worst in you. This experience is about you. Understand that. It's about you. The devil wants to bring out the worst in you, but God is allowing it to bring you the best or to bring out the best in you, we can say. Now, understand something. This is something that is all throughout scripture all throughout scripture as the enemy desperately tries to bring out the worst in God's people but it always backfires when they stay with the Lord just ask the man called Job was that not a valley experience of course it was he lost everything that he had including his his children the only one that was left was his wife whispering whispering curse God and die you're never going to make it through this you're never going to have anything Job you might as well run away now God has forsaken you he doesn't love you you're going to fail all these things now all these attacks are always aimed at your area of weakness always aimed at your area of weakness that would this this whole thing is about bringing you down pulling you out of the place where God has called you Job uh, the whole purpose there that the enemy had for Job was that uh of course he make God he want to make God look like a fool Job don't want you I tell you I'll make him curse you and all this other stuff but understand it's about you the enemy wants desperately to pull you out of your place of anointing, to pull you out of a place of power because he knows once you leave that's the safety of his will, he's got you. He's got you. The devil could not touch Adam and Eve until they ate of the fruit. So his plan was, let me, let me whisper to them. Let me try to convince them to disobey God, to run away from his calling because then he can have his way with them. But he couldn't have his way with them as long as they were in obedience and in his calling. Are you with me? Amen. So the enemy is trying to bring out the, the worst in you. Now, look at this. It says, he says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, I want you to see this. He says, I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. Now, why would anybody say I will fear no evil if there was not something to fear around there? So the valley of the shadow of death is a fearful place because all the fiery darts of the enemy are all aimed toward your weakness. This is why uh, when we get into a fearful situation, some of us will go back to do things that we used to do. You'll notice when, when times of deep depression comes upon you, you'll long to do stuff that God delivered you from. I know I can't get no talking here, but I'll say it anyway. You'll long, the body will long because the body is longing for comfort. I want to go back out there. I'm really depressed. I'm really under. And see, that's the plan of the enemy. He wants to pull you out of the safety of God, pull you away from your anointing, pull you away out of God's will so that he can devour you. He wants to pull the sheep out of the, of the fold so that he can devour you. That's what, that's what, um, th that's what the wolves do. They want to get you separate. 
They pull, they don't, wolves don't naturally, even natural wolves, they don't just feed on the sheep in front of the other sheep. No, they will grab the sheep by the throat and drag them off somewhere where then they will devour them. Just watch Natural Geographic, I'm telling you. You'll see it there. But we're about to close out the next 10 minutes or so. Y'all stay with me. So it says, I will not fear, rather I will fear no evil. Now, I want you to see something. He says, I will not, or rather, I fear, I will fear no evil, or I will fear no evil, or I will not fear. Now, fear here is an action word. It is a verb. It's not something that happens to us. It is something that we do. Do you see that here? I will fear no evil. It's an action word. He's saying, I won't do something. In this case, I won't fear. He could have said, I won't drink or I won't run or, or I won't jump. Here he's saying, I won't fear. I will not fear evil. So fear is something that we do. It is an action that we take. He says, I will not, which means that this thing is controllable. You can't tell me if you, you jump up, you just walk off the side of this building. I will not, I will not fall and hit the ground. No, you walk off the building. You will fall and hit the ground. That is out of your control. Gravity is out of your control unless God does something, unless he intervenes. Hallelujah. So when he says, I will not fear evil or I will fear no evil he's saying that this is something that I can do I can control this I will not fear I will not fear evil I will not fear evil I will not fear evil so he's saying I'm going to use the power of my will coupled with God's presence and I'm going to have victory over this thing now there's something that is tormenting him here I'm not sure what is tormenting you but whatever is tormenting you is aimed squarely at your weakness. The devil's a sharp shooter. He has a scope and he's a sharp shooter and he knows the area of your weakness and he's powering up his weapons and he's not wasting time on your strengths. He's aiming straight for your weakness, straight for the thing that makes you angry, straight for the thing that makes you, um, that, that gives you, uh, that, or that makes you mad or that, that makes you have a bad attitude. Straight for the thing that makes you shout. Straight for the thing that makes you depressed or sad or that makes you cry. He's going straight for the thing that makes you want to run away. Straight for the thing that makes you want to retreat or, or to make you want to isolate yourself. Don't talk to me. I just want to be alone. I want to be alone. I want to isolate myself. He's going straight for the thing that, uh, that influences your flesh straight for the thing uh, that indulges your flesh whether it's drugs or drinking or promiscuous sex he's going straight for that why because he's trying to destroy you are you hearing what I'm saying to you now during the now hearing that during this time we're about to close during this time this valley experience again He's using all of these things because fear is not so much the problem. It's what fear causes us to do. That's the problem. All these things we just mentioned is what fear causes in us. Some people, when they get afraid, they cry. Or they went afraid, they feel afraid, they run away. When you feel afraid, some get angry. When they feel afraid, they get depressed. 
when they, what do you do when you feel afraid? When you think that things are closing in around you, what do you do? What do you do? Do we go back to drinking? What do you, what is, what is tempting you when you get in that situation? You see, it's not so much uh, the devil wants to make you afraid. Ooh, devil is coming, devil, devil, devil. No, he's trying to make you do something. And it's what you do that can destroy you. Or just ask David when he was in a stressful situation and it was a time for the kings to go out to war. David was at home, stressed for time, look over, saw Bathsheba. What you doing, David? I'm fearful, stressed for time. I want to gratify my flesh and boom, big trouble happened. Just ask Samson. Oh, it's a stressful time. Everybody's trying to kill me. Philistines trying to get me. You know, I'm really stressed out. I just need a little relief. Delilah, I'm laying my head in your lap. Boom, gotcha. Oh, just ask um, uh, Elijah. Uh, stress for time, and uh, and uh, Jezebel is trying to kill me. She wrote me a note saying that by this time tomorrow, I'm gonna kill you. How does how do he react with stress? Oh, I'm depressed. God, just take my life. I'm finished. I'm finished. I'm finished. I want to get out of here. Depression, suicidal thoughts. Oh, just ask Peter. Peter, you're in a stressful time. Uh, they're about to hang Jesus on the cross. There, you're standing around the campfire. And all of that, what does Peter do during the stressful time? He begins to curse, curse like a whatever, using these big old curse words. I don't know the man. I don't know the man. When you are pressed and fearful, what do you do? It's not the fear, but what the fear causes you to do that the devil wants. Because he's trying to sift you as wheat. He's trying to bring out the worst in you. But if we endure, and as we endure, should I say, as we endure this time, on the other side of it, there is vengeance. God said, I'll fight for you. There is vengeance. I'll prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemy. In other words, I'll put you up in a high and lofty position. They'll see you. They'll see that my anointing is with you. My presence is with you. I'll give you a fresh anointing, more power and authority in the kingdom of God. And your cup will run over. You'll have more than enough. Say, goodbye to poverty say goodbye to low low thinking and low living God said I will make sure you run over with goodness in your life as we endure this valley experience there is greatness on the other side I'm telling you I'm telling you I'm telling you I'm telling you but right now where we are where, where are we right now right now the enemy is aiming at your weakness and he wants so desperately for you not to know that. That's why some of you was a fight for you to get here this morning. Fight for you to get here all week. Can I see the hands of those who was a fight to get here? You had to really fight, press, press, press. Yeah, that's almost the majority of people in this building had to fight, press, 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 press. Because what he wants you to think is that these shadows are real. Run. These shadows are real cry these shadows are real yell scream these shadows are real but in actuality they're just shadows God has not left you he is still with you and his rod and his staff are there to comfort you and he's leading you through this thing and you're going to come out victoriously you're going to come out buff you're going to come out strong you're going to come out bold as a lion with a fresh anointing with a fresh exuberance and you're going to see God's power on your life but we've got to keep moving 
Are you hearing? We've got to keep moving. Don't allow the enemy to bog you down talking about people or thinking about what they're saying. No, it's all a lie. It's all a lie. Don't receive their words as true fact. It's all a lie. Don't receive your bank account as true fact. It's all a lie because tomorrow things are about to change. Hallelujah. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, it's about to change. Hallelujah. But we got to keep on moving. How to go, hallelujah, you got to keep on moving. And how do we do that? As you go through the thing, just praise the Lord. Every time you see something and hear something, just give God praise. Just give God praise. Just give God praise. Hallelujah. Just give him praise. Hallelujah. Because you know you're still walking. You're still walking. You're still walking. As long as you're praising and thanking, you're still walking. You're still walking. You're still moving. As long as you are praising and thanking and glorifying God, you're still walking. You're still moving. But the moment you cease to make noise and get quiet, and get still and start looking around and start to think about all these things that are happening. You stop moving. And if you stop moving, you're making your stay in the valley a whole lot longer. But if you keep on walking, keep on praising, keep on giving God glory, keep on declaring his promises, keep on doing what you know you're supposed to do, keep on, keep on in obedience, keep on in love, and I guarantee you, you'll be out of that thing and there'll be a fresh anointing. There's already a fresh anointing waiting on you over there. Hallelujah. There's already a high exalted position waiting on you over there. There's already a cup that is running over just waiting on us over there, just waiting on us. Hallelujah. Endure it and keep on walking through. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We are done in Jesus' mighty name. Oh, Lord, we praise you. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. Well, those of you that are here tonight and those of you that are listening by way of CD, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, we're going to say this short prayer together. And I pray that if you pray this prayer sincerely, the Lord will hear you and he will answer you. So if everybody here, would you, would you stand with us at this time? And we're going to invite our Savior in our hearts because he loves us. And he is not here to condemn us. He's not here to embarrass us. He loves you. He loves you. And he does not want distance to be between you. So would you repeat with me? Would you pray with me? And just say, Father, I come to you admitting that I have done wrong. I have sinned and I have fallen short of your glory. But I've heard that you're a loving God and that you will forgive me. So now I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. And I confess Jesus as my master my Lord, and as my Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Live in me. I accept you. And I thank you for accepting me. Now fill me with your precious spirit. I thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org.